What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to My Hope Center podcast, your place for motivation, hope, and empowerment. Pressure is a real thing. Uh, Oftentimes, jobs can cause pressure. Oftentimes, our financial Uh, situations can cause pressure. Oftentimes, when we reflect on our health, it can cause pressure. When we think about our relationships, it can cause pressure. When we think about the, when we feel the need to have to compete or put up a front on social media for people, that can be pressure. When we battle with restlessness, Stress and and anxiety, those things can be a lot of pressure. And oftentimes when we think of stress and pressure, we we look at it as something that will ultimately break us down. But I wanna know if anybody's ever been through a season of pressure in the, I'm talking about, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about just little things. I'm talking about you've been through some real pressure. Come on, wave your hand at me, let me know. Let me know that I'm talking to you. I'm talking about real pressure. What if I told you today that those seasons or the season that you're currently in of stress and pressure is not meant to break you down, but it is meant for your breakthrough? Okay, my 10, don't leave me here. I'm going to say it again for those in the back. Uh, What if the season of pressure that you are going through is not meant to break you down, but it is in fact meant to give you your breakthrough. I want you to reflect on this because often when we think about pressure, we think about the idea that this is gonna take me out, this is the end, this is my final destination, but I came with a word from the Lord and I'm gonna preach this thing because I didn't preach last week, so I came back with some fresh energy this week and I want to let somebody know this week that the season of pressure will not break you down, but it will in fact be the thing that will give you the breakthrough that you've been asking for I want to let you know today that pressure reveals the treasure that's inside of you pressure I'm gonna say it again reveals the treasure that's inside of you I've told this story many times before but we have some new people so I'm gonna tell it uh, uh, for the new people and if you heard it before it's a good story act like you heard it for the first time there was a seed and it was a talking seed a little seed and 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 this seed felt that it was insignificant it wasn't on some grass just laying there on its own felt insignificant and all of a sudden a gust of wind picked up that seed that seed landed on a dry empty dirt field and the seed was talking to itself now follow along with me I did not smoke anything this is just a story okay uh, this is a talking seed some of y'all are like what's wrong with pastor just follow along with me all right here it is the seed landed on a dry open field and it was saying to itself uh, it's saying to itself I'm I'm an insignificant seed and now here I am surrounded by dirt all by myself and then all of a sudden, it began, it be, a, a scorching sun began to beam on that seed. And now the seed was saying, not only am I insignificant, not only am I in a dirt field with nothing here, then now I feel the heat from this sun that's beating down. It's burning me. It's too hot. Then 
Not only did it experience the scorching sun, then it began to storm and rain, and the rain just began to hit that sea, but it felt like it was a flood and a tsunami because it was small and insignificant to itself compared to that rain that was hitting it. So now we're saying, not only am I insignificant, not only am I in a dirt field, not only was that sun just beaming on me and it was hot, it was excruciating, and now it's raining on me. I help somebody today. Then there was a journeyman after some time that was traveling and that seed remained there. And there was a journeyman that was traveling and this journeyman was extremely exhausted from his travels. He was on his cart, had his horses, had a couple of things with him and he was on his journey, but he was so exhausted and he looks up and he says, oh, thank God. He says, he says, I need to rest. Thank God for the shade. And the seed was there looking at the man and said, shade. The man says, thank God for this tree. And the seed says, hey. And the man turns around. He said, what's that? Who's that? He said, it's me, the seed. And the man looks at, he said, what are you talking about? He says, you're not a seed. He said, you're a tree. If you didn't catch it, what the seed did not know, and oftentimes what you do not realize is that every season of your life, even when the sun is beating down on you, even when it's pouring and when you feel the storm in your life, I want to let somebody know every season is purposeful in your life. And if you allow it, that thing that you're going through can help somebody when they need some rest and some refuge. Had the seed not been planted there, had it not been beat down with the sun, had it not been hit with the rain, the treasure that was locked inside of that seed would have never flourished into a tree. I feel like preaching this thing. In order for a diamond to be created, did you know that, that, that it has to be dug, it has to be deep within a hundred miles into the earth and temperatures boiled above 2,000 uh, 2, degrees Fahrenheit and pressure, watch this, exceeding seven, uh, uh, 725,000 pounds per square inch. I need you to catch this. Extreme heat and pressure while it's locked deep down inside on some on some, on some coal it's the pressure it's the heat and the graphite that makes a diamond something that becomes precious something that becomes of value something that is used to signify a precious moment a life-altering moment when you give somebody a diamond but it was created in heat and pressure where my 10 y'all left me already I'm not looking at anybody else I'm looking at my 10 <laughs> It's, I want to let somebody know today, baby, it's in the heat, in the pressure. You're saying, God, why? Because there's some things that are locked up inside of you that unless you go through the heat and the pressure, it's never going to come out of you. Sometimes God has to put you outside of your comfort zone. Sometimes you're going to have to come to church when you don't feel like it. Sometimes, you, my God, you're going to have to lift your hand even when you don't have the strength. Sometimes your car not going to turn on and you're going to have to say, thank God for everything. 
It happened to me this morning. Sometimes a tree's going to fall on your yard and you're going to have to say thank God for everything. Sometimes you're going to go through some pain. People are going to leave you. Some people will reject you. Some people will mock you. But in the midst of that, sometimes you have to say thank God for everything. Sometimes you might lose a job. You might lose a co-worker. And you have to say thank God for everything because it's in that you're helping me preach baby it's in those seasons where the treasure that's locked inside of you the gift that's inside of you that talent that's inside of you that dream that's inside of you will be revealed Look at your neighbor, tell them there's some treasure inside of you. Let them know there's some treasure inside of you. There's something inside of you. There's a dream. There's a vision. There's a hope. There's a praise. There's a worship. There's treasure inside of you. <laughs> I'm going to preach this thing. Thank you to my 10. Y'all helping me preach this thing. It is often when I look back at my life, it is often at the darkest moments, at the moments where, where when I was in it, I was saying, God, why? And after I came out of that season, I say, God, I know why. And you get stuck because you're so, I mentioned this two weeks ago, you're so close to it. And it's not until you remain planted in his house, you remain in his presence, it's then he reveals as to why all of that. God, I've been through hell all my life. And he said, I can use that. God, I've, I've, I've felt insignificant myself. I felt like I didn't have value. He says, I can use See, okay, let me get back to my point here. Pressure, let me calm down, reveals treasure. Someone say with me, pressure reveals treasure. Let me give you this, this quick thing about pressure because I want to shift your perspective because somebody's going to leave this place looking at their pressure a little differently after today. I want to let you know that treasure, tr uh, pressure rather, reveals that before there's glory, there's always a story. Pressure reveals that before there's glory, there's always a story. In other words, before there is a resurrection, there is a crucifixion. My ten, y'all not helping me out. Before there's glory, before you step into everything that you have dreamt of, imagine there's always context. There's always, before you look at the highlight reels, there's always practice. I'm just throwing at Before there is a resurrection, there is a crucifixion. You know, here's what, the, let me help you out because some of y'all saying, Pastor, you're not reading the Bible. You're supposed to be spiritual. Let me give you some scripture because y'all looking at me a little crazy. I got word for you. Let's go Bible. There it is. Point, but let's, let's go up here to, uh, here it is, here it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 9. Look at what the Bible says. Ah. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. Who are the jars of clay? We have treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are, here it is, we are hard-pressed. In other words, we experience 
pressure on every side. How many of you have experienced that? I'm talking about it's not just one side of your life. It's every. Here it is. We are hard pressed on every side, but oh, praise the Lord, we're not crushed. He says, perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Before Jesus resurrected in all his glory, King of kings, Lord of lords, eternal God, before he resurrected, he went through a crucifixion. Something interesting happened, and I'm going to just teach for a little, then I'll move on. But interestingly enough, before he went to, the, to, to Golgotha, the, the place where the cross was, where ultimately he paid the ultimate sacrifice for you and I, gave his life, the only begotten of the Father, our beloved Savior, the Lord Jesus, that came as, as, as our, our restitution, our redemption. Uh, uh, he came uh, to make propitiation. That's just a deep theological word that he came came in, in our place instead of us dying for our sin he said I'm gonna die for the sins of the world before all of that he was in the place called Gethsemane and the Bible declares that he wanted to he wanted his disciples to pray with him while he was in that place called Gethsemane but his Bible his disciples were falling asleep on him he was he was in agony he was under a severe pressure the bible says that he was praying and it was as if as if blood was coming out of his pores that's the intensity of the stress the agony and the pressure that our lord jesus was going through that's how intense that pressure was but he was in that place called gethsemane and he asked his disciples to pray and they could not pray with him not even an hour uh, uh that's a whole nother message for another time but but let me focus right here and then and then and then while he's in that place the significance of gethsemane is this that that place the translation of Gethsemane is called the olive press so he was near a place called the Mount of Olives that place called Gethsemane was literally a place where they used to press on olive oils to make oil oil in that time it may not be significant to you but if you live during that time oil was used for ointments to heal oil was used to light lamps so you needed it to see in other words it was light oil was used it was symbolic but it was also used for cooking so it, it, oil was vital in that day and it was formed in Gethsemane before there's oil there's a pressing. Before something is given its glory, it goes through a season of being pressed. And it was symbolic because before Jesus resurrected, he was pressed on every side. Can I tell you the season that's pressing you, it will bring glory. I want to encourage about the 10, the 10 that are with me. Maybe somebody in the back that's saying, I'm being pressed on every side, but I want to let you know that there will be glory on the other side of it. But right now you're being formed. The story is being formed. Your character is being formed. Your, your, your personality is being shaped and molded. He's using that circumstance to make you more like Jesus. Some of us pray, Lord, give me patience. He will give you a problem. 
Lord, give me money. He will give you situations where you have to trust and rely on him. Lord, we always ask, we want glory. God, give, give this opportunity. God, open this door. God, connect me with this person. And we want the glory, but there's always a story. And it's pressure that reveals to us that there is a story behind the glory. Pressure reveals where our trust lies. My 10, did you leave me? Okay, six. Pressure reveals where our trust lies. It's not until that thing or that person gets removed that we realize if we truly trust in him. Because when things are going well, oh, you riding for Jesus. I'm saved. I go to church. I praise the Lord, man. God is good. God is amazing. But what, what happens when you lose a job? So did you trust more in the job than you did in your creator? Did you trust in that relationship more than you did to your creator? So it is when we go through these situations, and Paul lets us know this. He said, we're, we're going to be pressed on every side. We're going to go through uh, battles. This man, this man was persecuted. He was stoned. He was beaten. He was persecuted. He went through all types of scenarios, things that you and I would never have to endure. But yet this man would say, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. This man in a jail cell was saying, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus while he was up in a jail. See, what happens is then when the circumstance arrives and we feel like the enemy is rising like a floodgate coming up against us, we feel like the army is rising up against us, we feel like the attack is intensifying, I want to let you know that with every level there will be in fact a new devil you have to face. But it is when you are rising, when you are, when you are experiencing that season and that testing of your life is where you, you realize where your, where your trust truly lies. So it's the pressure. It's when I look back at moments where I could have lost my mind. Where I, where I looked everywhere. This person can't help me, this person can't help me. He would never fail me. He would never leave me. He loves me. He's with me. He is for me. And the word declares that if he is for me, there is nothing and no one that can be against me. Praise be to God that he never fails. He's never lost a fight. He is eternal God. I wish I had some witnesses in this place that can just praise him for about 10 seconds and say, God, thank you. Thank you that you're faithful. Thank you that you're reliable. Thank you, God, that you never fail. You never lost a fight. See, 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 it's, it's, it's when you're in the pressure that you realize okay okay maybe I didn't trust in God can we be real come on can we be real today how many of us let's be real how many be real you thought you'd really trusted God but then it, when you got hit with a circle you're like oh I got some work to do I guess come on come on keep it real, keep it real. and it's usually I need you to catch this it's usually the area you are being attacked in that he wants to show off in. So it's usually when you're being attacked financially that he wants to reveal himself as a provider. It's usually when you're facing turmoil in your relationships that he wants to show you 
that he's faithful and he can be a comforter even when you don't have anybody by your side. It's usually when you are sick that he wants to reveal himself as a healer. And that's why, now it makes sense. That's why you often face seasons that you, that you say, if I, if I had not gone through that, I would have never experienced him in this way. He wants to reveal that through the pressure and who we rely in and who we trust in. Now I know now that you're catching this word and you're saying, you know what, Pastor, that sounds amazing. Pressure can be useful. Pressure is actually helpful. But how do I practically endure this situation that I'm in? Okay. I'm so glad that you asked today. I have one revelation for you. I will have more for you next week. More practical things, but I just have one revelation. Can I give this one thing to you? It's called the one thing revelation. Let's go Bible. Let me break it down. Let me break it down. Let me break it down. Here it is. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary. This is the same Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, where we know the story in John chapter 11, where Lazarus died, Jesus resurrected him for the sake of, for people to believe that he was indeed the Messiah. This is the same. They're the brothers and sisters, and they're from Bethany, a town called Bethany. And so here it is. She had a sister called Mary who sat, oh, watch this, Mary, I love Mary. Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. So get this picture. It's a party, y'all. It's, it's lit. It's on a thousand. I'm talking about they got the food. They got, they got, the, they, they got everything. Everything is just happening. It's happening. They got the music. It's live. It's popping. It's, on. It's, it's good. And they're just celebrating because they, they had a wonderful relationship. They loved Jesus as a family because they had experienced his goodness. So as a family, they invited Jesus to their home. How many of y'all ever invited him to your home? I'm talking about spiritually. Just invite him to your home. So they invited him to the home. So they wanted to celebrate with Jesus and watch what Mary did uh, oh you're already you, you, you go back go back go back uh, Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening because I love Jesus he just show up to a party but he will always be teaching giving wisdom and and breaking stuff down because they were like Jesus how'd you do that miracle he's like let me break it down to you let me give you a quick parable he couldn't really break it down the way, the way that he wanted to. He would always use parables, allegories. He would use illustrations because they could not catch the revelation. So he would always use, so he's breaking down stories and she was just there listening to him. Let's move forward. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him, Lord, don't you care? Now she coming to Jesus trying to check him. Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. <laughs> Sound like some of us. Don't you see my husband, Lord? Don't you see my wife? Tell him to help me. Look at my children. Look at these people at my job. Look at these people in my church. Look at these people in my business. Okay, I know, I know, I know, even the 10 are dwindling down. I know, I know, I know, but I promise you this is going to be good. 
It says, look, 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 I'm working by myself. Nobody's helping me. I'm, I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm the only one doing it. Lord! Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, and, and I just love the tone. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. He's saying, you big mad. He's like, you really upset. <laughs> but he's letting her know, mama, relax. Men of God, relax. He says, few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Someone say one thing. Someone shout one thing. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. <laughs> Can I tell you why you're so overwhelmed and so stressed that you're so tense that when somebody comes and tries to love on you, you just radiate, you want to fight somebody for no reason. You walk up in the church like you just sucked on the lemon and you just, you, you ready. Talking about you got to, you got to, you, you ready to go. And you want to put the blame on everyone and everything. But the Lord says, few things are needed. And in fact, only one thing. Lord, I have to do it. I have to make it happen. I have to overextend myself. I have to overburden myself. I have to worry about this because nobody else is worrying about it. So you up at night worrying about it. You wake up in the day worrying about it. You at your job worrying about it. You in the bathroom worrying about it. You can't even eat because you're just worrying about it. And you are distracted from the one thing that he desires from you. What is that one thing? What is that one thing? What is that one thing? One thing, look at, look at what Psalm, it's not, it's not on the screen, just listen to me. Psalm 27, 4. He said, this is the psalmist David said, One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek and that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Luke 18, 22. This is good. When Jesus heard these things, he was talking to the rich young ruler. He said to him, you still lack one thing. What is that one thing then later he says come follow me then in Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 and 15 brothers and sisters I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it but one thing I do one thing I do forgetting what is behind straining toward what is ahead I press on towards the goal of the price for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus what is that one thing can I tell you more than overworking yourself more than worrying more than just getting anxious for no reason for situations that had not happened because some of y'all overburdening yourself for things that have not happened yet just off a threat, you're losing your mind. But the Lord says one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing. What is the one thing we need? We need his presence. That is the one thing that we need. What does that mean practically? Can I tell you that one day of God's favor is worth more than 10,000 days of man's labor? You're trying to make stuff happen on your own accord. You're leaning on your own understanding. You're saying, God, I, I, I need to help you because you're not doing it. You're not doing it fast enough. For my, for my podcast listeners, I know you are in your car shouting and I know you're receiving this word. I know you that are watching me, I know this is good and you're receiving this right there where you're watching me from. He's saying, he's saying, he's saying just, just see, you are so distracted. 
And you're using everything. Lord, I can't pray. I can't go to church. I can't give to the church. I can't serve. I can't listen to your word. I can't be in your presence. Look at everything. And he's saying, you're lacking the one thing that I just need. The Bible doesn't say that that Mary did not help. I need you to catch this. The Bible does not say that she didn't help. In fact, scholars and theologians believe that she did help. But she helped, but she also was in his presence. Martha had already prepared everything that was needed, but was still, but I'm a perfectionist, but I'm OCD, but they ain't doing it right. I got to do it. And she just became distracted. Can I tell you that today that God just wants one thing from you? For you to shut down everything you've got going on for just a moment. Some of y'all just, you, you never slow down. You never have a moment to just shut the door, go in your car, go into a bathroom, and in that place just say, God, here I am. I need your presence. Can I tell you, it's been incredible in the most hectic season, and I'm, and I'm racking my brain trying to figure out something out or the next step or make a decision, and just in a moment in his presence, his, his Holy Spirit gives me direction. It's been unbelievable that for, for months I've been trying to make some things happen and it wasn't until one day here at a Hope Center service that I was just in his presence and I felt the answer come and I say I receive it by faith and I got the answer that I was looking for. One thing, you trying to add more to your plate taking you away from the one thing that is needed. He says one thing, one thing, one thing, his presence make that priority in your life when you make him priority when you make his presence priority you will see how the size of your mountain will begin to diminish you will see the size of your problem you thought it was great but after you came anybody ever experienced that you came deflated discouraged into a time of prayer but when you came out of your prayer closet Anybody know what I'm talking about? I wish I had some help. Some of y'all that prayed. You ever gone into your prayer closet, B, and you just felt like I have no hope, I have no answer, but as soon as, ah, as soon as you start saying, Lord Jesus, I love you, I praise you, you are everything that I need. You're my provider, you're my sustainer. You'll make a way out of no way. You're gonna open the door. You're gonna make it happen for me. I trust, but even if it doesn't happen for me, I still love you, I still praise you. You are my God, you are my King. I know that you are everything that I need one thing that I require and then you came out of that prayer closet ready to take on the world because it's just one thing that's not saying that you don't you don't have to prepare you don't have to work listen work your tail off but never compromise the one thing for all that you're doing work grind Dream, envision, be ambitious, talk to the church. But don't compromise the one thing. Well, the Lord knows my heart. That's essentially what she was saying. Look at everything I'm doing. Look at her. I'm here trying to do this for you. He says, you missed it. Few things are needed. And I just want one thing. 
Once again, thanks so much for tuning into today's message. I pray that it was a blessing to you. I'm so glad that you were able to hear today's message, but can I tell you there's nothing like the live experience. Would you join us on a Sunday afternoon at 1.30? We meet at Greenbelt Middle, 6301 Breezewood Drive in Greenbelt, Maryland. And so I want you to be there. I want you to get connected. You can find out more information on our social media at My Hope Center on every platform. And also you can check out more information at myhopecenter.org. I hope to see you soon. So until then, peace, love, and God bless.